Welcome to Listen by Jean Ginsberg. This audio experience and podcast is all about social media, digital marketing, entrepreneurship, and interviews with top entrepreneurs in the digital and social space. I'm your host, Jean Ginsberg, digital marketing expert, number one best-selling author, and award-winning entrepreneur. I will be sharing with you strategies, tips, and tactics on how to grow your business and your social media following. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, Gene Ginsberg here, and welcome to another episode of Listen by Gene Ginsberg. And very excited today, very special guest, Nick Bradley. How are you? Hey, Gene. It is awesome to be here. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. Yes. Thank you so much. Uh, we got connected through, I think, Todd, right? Yeah, through Dave Meltzer yes. and all those guys. Yep. I had yeah, Dave so, on my podcast. Uh, oh, maybe. did you? Yeah, that's how we got connected. Is I had Dave on my podcast maybe about six months ago, um, and and that's how we got connected with uh, Todd, who was his podcast yeah. um, guru, I guess. Um, no, yeah, Dave's a great a, guy, and, oh, and Dave, he's very yeah. well networked and very well connected across yes. some really awesome people. So everyone I meet through Dave and Todd are always great. So I'm, hence, I'm looking forward to the conversation. <laughs> I know. I'm very excited. I've had a lot of great um, personalities here. Dave, I had Gary V as one of my first uh, podcast episode guest. So you're in a, you're behind a long line of amazing podcast guests. So don't screw it up for us. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I, I am <laughs> in elite. I'm in elite company <laughs> and, are. and quite rightly so. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Well, the first question I always ask to kind of put co your context for our audience is tell us about your background. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's a colorful background. <laughs> I'll give you the short version. Love it. Um, yeah. Well, no, just cause there's so many different transitions in what I've done, but no, I've spent um, my career basically buying businesses, scaling them and then selling them for obscene amount of money. Um, so I've been involved in 24 business exits. So effectively selling businesses, I've been involved in three 10 figure as in over a billion dollar exits. And the last one I was personally involved in was 2017, which was a education business that we sold to the largest private equity firm in the world for, yeah, for $2.3 billion. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm the guy that would go into a business that's not performing, usually backed by investors and fix it up quickly, making some pretty interesting decisions to do that. Uh, and then obviously create a lot of wealth for both the founders and the shareholders. And what are the typical problems that you see when you come into a business? Is it just like lack of revenue and you're like, how do we fix it? Operations? What is it that you're- God, how long have you got? <laughs> well, uh, let's, no. I mean, we got- no, okay. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. No, listen, I mean, there, there are a few things, right? But, but the, the first thing that I always say is that People who start businesses are not necessarily the best at scaling them up because it takes a different type of skill set and mindset. So you might have that creative entrepreneur who, you know, comes up with an idea, solves a really big problem for someone, you know, gets a lot of energy out of the chaos that happens at startup. When you go into scale up, it's, it's a lot more about precision. So it's about building teams. It's about leadership. It's about being comfortable with structure and process. And so like even some of the big companies, like when um, Google was scaling, they, you know, Sergey and Larry brought in a CEO who was more operational to be able to take the business to the next level. So, so it's quite a common thing. But the one thing that always is the first thing I look for, happens too much actually to, to, to sort of a bit surprising, is that the founders often lose focus in terms of what they actually started the business for. It's quite funny. Like they go, I started the business to do this. And then they, they get into a bit where it becomes difficult and they think, actually, 
what is it again? What's the vision? And where am I trying to get to? And because they lose their way, then the business starts to lose its way in all the various ways that you just mentioned. Hmm, interesting. So do you recommend then having like a vision and a mission for your organization when you first started? So you can, it's kind of your North Star, your guiding light. That's exactly right. And, and, and the thing about it is like, and the reason that people get confused or founders get confused is if you think about the world right now, we've just gone through pandemics or we're still going through it really, but there's a lot of change and there's a lot of change that's been driven by technology. So if you come up with an idea that then solves a big problem, years ago, that problem might've existed for quite a long, long time. You wouldn't have to change your business very much because you could, the problem didn't change very much. These days, technology is changing things so quickly that you might start a business and 12 months later, that same problem that was the foundation of your business may no longer be a problem. Sure. And a lot, of, a lot of founders aren't agile enough to recognize how their markets or their customers' needs are changing. No, that is absolutely true. I, see, I, just, I always say that because one of our core values is that our organization is like tech, tech changes and trends and we got to stay up, up on it. And and that's my puppy barking over right. there. <laughs> I love that. My kids normally run in jeans. So I normally have uh, dogs and kids and sometimes there's coffee spilt and swearing. So we're, uh, we're actually in good. Oh, we're good, 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 good. Yeah, got the puppy like right after Christmas. So he's only been with us for a month or so. Um, but yes, so true. Like change is so prevalent, especially now. And I feel like it's accelerating even more because of technology. So true. Like it's not like you're, you know, it's not like account accounting, right? Like accounting doesn't really change very much. It's like, you know, not that many ups and downs with your books, right? But with technology and having companies and, and scaling businesses, I mean, entrepreneurship changes also. Oh, yeah. It's huge. And, and, and the other thing also is, and this is the thing about, so I focus on the area of scale up. So scale up is the point where, you know, you are starting to get, you know, you're building on the momentum that you've got from startup. And as I said, it's a different type of ideology, strategy, different type of leadership. And it's not actually for everybody, but if you want to build an empire, if you want to create a big business or you want to create a big group of businesses, you've got to go through that scale up phase to get to that. And a lot of people you know, particularly the really ambitious entrepreneurs, they want to build an empire, not just because of the income, but also for the impact that it can Absolutely. make, you know, so, so that's cool. Hello, dog. Yeah, he is just, uh, I think he just uh, wants attention. That's what. No, he's <laughs> hearing my voice. He's going, who's that strange, weird Australian slash Brit voice? And he's yeah. going. <laughs> he's like, oh gosh, another podcast episode on mom's, a mom's podcast, huh? <laughs> there you go. We're good. I like it. As I said, I like to have just a, like a, a nice casual conversation. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, so offline, before we started this uh, episode, we were talking about your businesses and you said you have seven companies. So tell us about your business, I guess your main, I, I don't know how you would call it, your main business and then underneath you have the seven companies or how do you? Yeah, it's, it's like a mini, it? it's a mini empire. I wouldn't say right. it's like, you know, I'm trying to build out a big portfolio of different companies. Um, what I did is I, when I left the private equity world and I, and I was involved in a very big um, exit, as I mentioned in 2017, I decided to change everything because that world, as much as it can be quite fun, it can be quite toxic as well, just because it's, it can be all about money. If you, if you let it get to you that way, it's very, and be very greed orientated. So um, I effectively decided to launch my podcast, which is called Scale Up Your Business and had, had quite a lot of early success. It went to number one in the UK in the business charts, number 17 in the US. And 
and it's been doing it, but it's done about 300,000 downloads in a year. So it's all right. You know, it's not, not, you know, I know there are John Lee Dumas does like that in a second. So it is what it is. But, um, but the thing that happened is after that, I started to realize that people, it was, it's, it's about business and mindset and people needed help with their businesses in a different way. So I started to create all these sub businesses underneath my personal brand. And I've got that now, you know, it's well into seven figures overall, just from my podcast, if you like, the trickle down revenue that comes from that. And then I have um, another set of businesses, which takes it well into eight figures overall. Um, so I spend my time now really just doing like we're doing now. I, I use my influence, my message and, you know, the education that I can provide, the inspiration around that to help people. But obviously that then has a byproduct back into my, my businesses. And, you know, we were talking beforehand about, you know, Clubhouse and we can talk about that in a bit more detail. Yes. I can tell you how, how that's worked because it's all about me talking on stage, so to speak. Well, yeah, let's actually talk about that. Um, we, yeah, we were talking offline before, before the podcast episode and you mentioned you've been on Clubhouse all day. It's evening time now in, in England when we, where you are recording. So I, and I just, you know, kind of give you my perspective. I got on Clubhouse about almost two weeks ago, I think, so a podcast episode, a podcast guest actually got me on Clubhouse. He's like, I'm on Clubhouse. Do you want to join? I'm like, great. So um, I think this would be a great conversation because I'm learning about Clubhouse myself. I'm reading what Gary Vee's talking about, about Clubhouse on LinkedIn. So I'm, I'm trying to get some details. A lot of people are using it now. So awesome. Great conversation. Tell us you know, 101 Clubhouse and how okay, can I'll give audience- it to you. Let, let me give it to you straight. Cause I think this <laughs> yeah. is, you know, you said you like to have get value from your guests, right? Um, so I joined Clubhouse on the 5th of January. So it's about a month ago as we're recording this. Um, I'm at about 14,000 followers now. And to give you perspective on that, I mean, that's four times my Instagram, right? In the space of less than a month or a right. month or thereabouts. Um, I have been on some of the big stages. So I've been on stage with Grant Cardone, um, John Lee Dumas, Lewis Howes, all of that. So I'm literally sitting next to them. Um, and what's happened, and this is the interesting thing. So I, I'm, I'm going up there and I'm, and I'm doing exactly like I'm doing now. I'm giving value. I'm sharing my story. I'm offering perspectives. What's happened since is interesting. So I didn't quite expect it to be this way. But I'll go up there and I'll talk about the things I do, like helping people buy businesses, using other people's money, scaling from seven to eight figures. And then my Instagram- Sorry, can I interrupt you just for one second? Yeah, How sure. about we start from the beginning? Like somebody who doesn't know what Clubhouse is all oh, about. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah sorry. Start, oh, uh, God. Just, uh, people who are like- No, you're right. I was, about to, I, was, I was about to tell you what you can do with it. No, Club, Clubhouse, okay, my, what it is, right? So it's, it's, effective, it's a new app. At the moment, it's on iOS only. So um, Apple devices, it is going to be going to Android soon. It's got about, well, they, no one really knows, but they're saying between two and three million people on it at the moment. So it's kind of beta, but it works really, really well. And what it is, it's effectively, it's set up like a club, like an online club, but you go into rooms that are hosted by various people with moderators and you have your picture. So there's no video whatsoever. It's audio only. And you can effectively have like a mastermind or a Q&A or, or, you know, I've done a couple of podcast interviews in there and people can then sort of raise their hands and they can ask questions in this format. Um, but it's super interactive. And the, the, all these people, all these really big thought leaders are on there right now, for, you know, because they can see the, the benefit of it and they're sharing all their knowledge literally for free. It's massively addictive because again, you know, you can, you, you can see that you're getting significance, if you like, from being on stage, you've got followers, 
Um, but the other thing where I was getting to is it's been huge in terms of monetization for me already. So in the first 10 days, I had 600 about 680 leads come into my Instagram uh, mailbox. So, so much so I had to hire three new people to manage it. Okay. So how are you getting these leads just so that, you know, if, if I were to jump on Clubhouse or somebody listening, are you just like, you're, you're, you're asking questions or you are in a room or you're presenting and people are like, wow, this guy is great. Yeah. Let's, yeah. That's pretty much it. And then they just, so I'm in the big the rooms. Room. I mean, so I, I, I want to be really um, upfront. I, I am on the, the big stages. So the rooms that I'm on are usually the, the, the biggest rooms where they'll have 1500 to 2000 people in the room. Now I'm on stage as well. So people are just following me because I'm on stage. But if, if someone says, you know, a marketing question like, uh, you know, how important is brand archetypes, blah, blah, blah. Now I've done a lot of work in that. So all I'll answer that question. And then all of a sudden I'll get like three, four, 500 followers. Just, I can see my follower count just go boom, just from answering a question. And so what happened on the weekend is I was teaching people how to buy and sell businesses. And I, I said, I said, okay, if anyone wants to know how to buy businesses using other people's money, go to my Instagram and put the word buy. Okay, I was on stage for five minutes. I had 61 buys in my, um, in my inbox after that five minutes on stage. Mm. And then, of course, I have products, courses, programs, all the other sort of stuff at the back end, which then my team follows up um, and, and then sells. We ended up in our pipeline as we measure it, our revenue pipeline of about one point, I think it was $1.4 million in the first three and a half weeks on Clubhouse. Wow. So huge. I mean, yeah, massive. We, we stopped all of our Facebook ads. We don't do any advertising now. I'm on there 10 hours a day uh, until uh, who knows where this is going to go, Gene, but yeah, it's, it's a really interesting, if you, if you, if you, if you can speak and you've got a bit of profile and you've got a really interesting um, business that can support that medium, that app, then there's a lot of opportunity if you can, you know, put the time in and leverage it. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. But it is going to require, you know, getting, to a point where you're doing this for quite a while during the day, you know, I mean, to get those kinds of $1.4 million in revenue, right? Oh, it's tiring, but yeah. I've got a team. So the one thing I would say to any entrepreneurs, you know, you've got to be intentional about your right. time. I'm doing it because I, my job is to be at the very top of our business, creating opportunities. If you don't, if it's just you doing everything in your business right now, then I would suggest it's probably not the best use of time. Right. Absolutely. No, that's so true. And um, I think that's another key point to talk about when you when we were of course talking about buying companies and you have several companies well more than several i guess seven um team right i mean that's a huge one when especially when you're first growing your business something that i did not start from the beginning if i you know when i first started my business it was just me and then i think i hired an intern like a couple of years later uh i mean we've grown a lot significantly since then but uh talk about that like um what's you know i think one of the things that i see having also worked with a lot with entrepreneurs is just like that taking that first step in like hiring a virtual assistant what is yeah. uh you know something that you can recommend for audiences here yeah so i think when you're an early stage business um the first two important hires in my opinion is someone who can um, organize all the administration and operations so that could be a, a va that does all your admin uh and the second most important hire is someone who has marketing experience marketing capability uh, and, and I often say, you know, you can, you can still do that with virtual assistants or you can have um, associates or whatever come and help you. I don't necessarily say you have to hire those people in the traditional sense, mm -hmm. but you need to surround yourself with that capability. And then the definition actually of scale up is the ability to build teams and to lead people, you know, because often if you get to a business that has more than, say, 10 employees, 
it's impossible for the founder to then manage everybody. You have to bring in a management layer and right. that's where the biggest transition happens. But uh, yeah, they're the two roles that I recommend when you're starting out, just get, you know, find the money, get the best people you can. And that's going to give you much more time to work on the business and do some of the more strategic things, which are critical. Yeah. So true. It's just, we get so in the business when we, especially when you're first starting out and then eventually of course, hiring a team is the way to really scale that point up. But yeah, so often I think entrepreneurs are just like afraid of like dipping their toe into the water. So, hey, buddy, keep barking, huh? Um, right. I'm, good with, the, I'm good with that. We've got a dog here and we've actually, I've got a, I've got a whisper because we've got a puppy coming too. Oh, you got a puppy. Coming, wow. coming. I had to coming. whisper because it's, oh. a, it's, a, it's a surprise. And oh, <laughs> not like your Sorry. current dog is pregnant. It's just that you're getting. Oh, no, no, no. We've got a very yet. old Labrador okay. who's like 12. So that we're bringing, but the, I've got two young daughters. And they don't know yet. <laughs> oh, wow. That's very exciting. This podcast is brought to you by the Digital Marketing Method Monthly Group Coaching Program. Your methodology for growing your business and your social media following. Join me and my group of supportive entrepreneurs and learn how you can grow your business and your social media following where we cover topics such as Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, email marketing, and so much more. Go to dmgroup.online, dmgroup.online. Um, and then the other question I wanted to ask you, I thought was kind of interesting because that's something that I've been thinking um, about recently. So you mentioned that you had a big exit, like a big enough to where you you could retire for the rest of your life. Is that kind of exit or? Yeah, I mean, I made, it depends what you mean by retire because because everyone's got that different levels of question. what that means. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? Um, my Everyone's got different visions of what they're trying to create. I want to, you know, a little bit like Gary V. actually, I want to buy, I don't want to buy the Jets. I want to buy the Boston Celtics. I, I, I love, I love basketball. So in order for me to do that, if I had to sign a check today for the Boston Celtics, it's about three to $4 billion. Um, and that, that's not the main reason I want to do it. I actually want to see what it would like to, who would I need to become, right? As a person, what's my growth and my experience and how many people in the world would I have to have helped to be able to sign that check? So it's actually not really about the Boston Celtics. It's about the journey. So for me, I've got a big mission about, you know, I want to, I want to have entrepreneurship as a force for good. I want to set up foundations around that. I want to have a business empire and I want to buy the Celtics. So I made some money, but it's not nothing. It's not 3.4 billion <laughs> sort of level. Right. But uh, it's an interesting point, which is why I was going to go to next is what does retirement look like? Right. Um, uh, you know, we have such a, an ingrained, I think, concept about what retirement is, right? Uh, from our parents, you know, you, you do your deed and then, then until about 65 and then you're about, you know, then you're done and then you travel the world or, and, um, and I'm just seeing such a big change at how, what everyone's, you know, what entrepreneurs and young people's visions are for their retirement. Cause I, me personally, I don't think I'm ever going to retire. Like, honestly, I'll probably work until the day, but it's not like, for me, it's not like work, right? Because for me, it's like, I actually enjoyed, enjoy doing this and building companies and building my brands and having a team and being a servant leader like for me that that's not work so what are your thoughts on retirement i know you mentioned a little bit you know i don't believe in it. it um well okay i don't if if you're in the traditional sense of employment where you take a job and you work for someone else for 40 years and you hate it right then retirement's great because you've spent your whole bloody life doing something you hate so stop right but but for me you know if you love what you do you're not working anyway 
right? So, so for me, I'm, I'm always fascinated by entrepreneurship. I'm fascinated by businesses and acquisitions and how you can grow quickly and do all these kind of clever things around that. And, you know, I, 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 for me, why would I ever stop doing that? I may, I may not spend all my time doing it. I might, you know, spend more time traveling and all those sort of things. I'm 46 now. So, you know, I, I, I spent a lot of time, I used to spend a lot of time traveling before we couldn't travel because of COVID, but I, I don't think I would stop what I'm doing at all. So there's no such thing right. <laughs> in my world anyway. But I, I realize that can be a polarizing statement for someone who's stuck in their, the job they hate. That's true. Yeah, I guess it depends on what, where you are and what your vision is for your organization or for your life, right? Um, yeah, and, and I, you know, everything's controllable, right? But, but I think one of the travesties is this, and you know, it's, it's the whole matrix, you know, red and blue pill thing. It's like, you know, people exist in this kind of world that they think they can't change. Uh, and a lot of that's because they don't a know how to, they're scared of what the, you know, what could happen if it didn't work out all these things that aren't really true. So then they stay in something that they hate for years because they're programmed to think that's acceptable, mm -hmm. uh, which I think is one of the biggest travesties in the world, right? Because nothing really bad happens. If you have to try and do something, if you want to follow your passion, nothing, nothing really bad happens. It might not work out and you can always go back to that crappy job, but if you don't do it, I mean, that's worse, isn't it? I think so. I mean, I, being an entrepreneur, I had that blue pill, red pill moment as well. But I think, yeah, I think a lot of it, so having worked with entrepreneurs, like I said, a lot of it for me, what I'm seeing is mindset, right? Is how yeah. do you get over that? And how do you create an abundance mindset for yourself? So you're not stuck in the job that you hate. And because just because everybody says that this is what you're supposed to be doing. So how do you change that mindset to say, okay, this is what I want to be doing. And follow your passion. So, yeah. And, and you know, there, there, there are, let's call it some dimensions of that same point whereby just following your passion without realizing how you're going to pay to live, you know, there has to be some dimension to it, but at the same time, I think it's possible, but, it, but a lot of people are scared of the fact that, you know, they may not be good enough to do it, right. which again is, is all about mindset, as you right. said, and to some extent your own uh, sense of self-worth. Absolutely. So what are some new uh, initiatives that you guys are working on these days? Uh... Yeah, so lots of different things. So we launched, um, as I said, we're UK based. We launched our US office in Baltimore uh, towards the end of last year. Uh, we have some investments in Vancouver in the kind of technology space, particularly around um, messaging uh, and influencers. We've got an, an agency that we're focused on influencers. We're starting to build that out. Um, I'm always looking to buy small businesses that are, you know, from people who are retiring, actually, 60s and 70-year-old people, good, very non-sexy businesses that are profitable because I know how to scale them up. I know how to improve the marketing, for example. I know how to buy other businesses and combine them together and then sell the group into, say, private equity. And I'm just fascinated about the, the, the way that you do that. I never get bored of those challenges. So everything I'm doing for this year is is around that. And then I suppose on the podcast, you know, I'm trying to build that out. I've had some really amazing guests come on similar to you. Um, and I'm enjoying just the meetings, right? You know, you just meet some amazing people, right? Yeah. I've made some great friendships, some good business partnerships. Uh, and so I'm going to keep doing that and just doing some more speaking and stuff like that. Awesome. I love it. And are you doing mostly virtual speaking now just because of the Yeah, I, I get called into businesses. I'm a bit disruptive in my thinking. So I, I usually challenge the usual ways of doing things. So I don't talk about traditional marketing. For example, I talk about customer creation, things like that. And, and, and a lot of the larger corporates find that fascinating because again, it's just a different perspective. Uh, so doing that, um, I've got a book coming out 
uh, in the process of that's going to be ready in about two months. It's called uh, at this stage, working title was build your empire, how to buy scale and sell businesses for a living. Um, so that's going to be fun. Um, so yeah, so lots of little projects like that, which are keeping me busy as well as trying to educate my kids while they're not at school because of COVID. <laughs> well, that is a lot of lofty projects going on. Uh, that's amazing. Yes. Is that your first book? Your first time? It's my first. Yeah, it is. And a lot of what's funny about it is I'm, ha I'm having some help. I'm writing bits of it, but I'm getting some people help with that, like ghostwriting. Um, and a lot of it's coming from the episodes of my podcast. I've got 145 episodes. So again, not very many, but a lot of the stuff I cover is in those episodes. So it's partly getting transcribed from all of the audio content. So it's quite good leverage again, but I'm, I'm fascinated to see how they're going to translate into my tone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so, well, I think hey, if you're transcribing it, then part of it is going to be your tone, right? Cause it's from. Yeah, your... true. Yeah. I hadn't yeah. thought of it. It's a new project and it's come in because um, people have asked for it. And right. um, so, yeah. yeah. I, and, and also I'd never years ago before I got into this world, this kind of, you know, having a bit more of a message and a story, I never would have thought that I'd write a book. It wasn't something I've had in my, my sort of dream lists for 20 years. Right. It's something in the last three or four years, which has become just something I now feel I want to do and see if I can get a message out there in that way. Yes. It's pretty exciting. I wrote my book, my first book about three and a half years ago. So it's a kind of a scary, exciting process all at the same time. <laughs> no, I'm sure. I'm sure it is. What's your book called, Jen? Uh, my book is called Win New Customers. It's all about digital marketing and social media for small businesses. Awesome. So yeah, it was pretty, it was great. It was just one of those things, again, like I thought, hey, I really want to write a book and the opportunity came up and I wrote it actually in four months. <laughs> and, wow. and you, it. Did you write it all yourself? And then get uh, like an editor. Uh, yeah, I pretty much put the content all myself. And then I, I didn't have a podcast at the time or like a lot of content. So I really did write it for the most part all myself. And then I got an editor to edit it. So, and then I'm actually right now working on the second edition because it's about digital marketing. There's so many changes, of course, in the last oh, wow, three yeah. and a half years. So I am putting together a new, a second edition for the book and also an audio book as part of the second edition. So that's oh, wow. my- it's, it's, it's good fun, isn't it? I mean, I think, you know, I, I, love, I love the ability to be able to use technology to kind of do what we do. Right. Um, and you know, I, again, I haven't been doing it very long. I'm sort of three or four years into the journey, but it's been transformational in terms of the experiences it's provided. So yeah, I'm super grateful for that. Um, awesome. most definitely. And the last question I always like to ask my guests is kind of a, a loaded question is what is your prediction for the future of the industry? It could be self-driving cars, AI, specifically your industry. It could be living forever and the technology and, and medicine that we have. Pick a topic and let's yeah, discuss it. <laughs> yeah, because I, 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 I'll, I'll talk about it in terms of my background, in terms of investors, because I think it's interesting. You, you, you've seen a big shift over the years that I've been in private equity, whereby it used to be, as I said, all about the money. Now it's about impact as well. So you've got this kind of social enterprise, B Corps. Um, a lot of the investors into the VC and private equity firms, so a lot of them are endowments, you know, pension funds, uh, all that sort of stuff. They're now they're now wanting to see um, investments that are made in businesses that can that can make change. Um, so you're seeing that across clean tech. You know, you're seeing that across, um, you know, I suppose diversification, inclusion, all that sort of stuff. There's a lot more investment going into what would have been called minority groups, um, female leadership. You know, again, things that you could argue should always have been priorities in different ways, but they just weren't on the agenda when it was all about, you know, lots of, you know, let's be frank, white guys sitting around a board table trying to make lots of money. 
Right. Um, but that's shifting huge. So I think that's going to continue. And I think that one last thing I'll say is that I think the reason I talk about empires is I think that the big companies in this world, you know, the Amazons, the Apples, all those sort of things, um, Tesla, they need to have more of a social conscience around everything. And I think that's something that's going to continue to happen. And if anything, it's going to increase, which I think is good overall. They do. A lot of them do say that they have a social conscience, but I don't know if that's always the case from an action perspective. Um, Well, it's, it's mixed, isn't it? So you can't, you can't say that they're all like that, but, but I am seeing that the investors themselves are, I mean, because there's a point where you look at someone like Bezos, who, you know, again, this week is now apparently retired. I haven't even read the news. He's left Amazon. Um, but like, how much more money do you need? Sure. <laughs> I mean, so, so there's a point here whereby I, I, I know it's, I don't want to be blanket and say that everyone's going to be like that, but there is a point now where these empire businesses have more power than governments. That I can, I can believe that. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. So, so that, so you've got to think, well, who's going to control the big businesses? Well, it's not going to be the governments. It's going to be the people and it's going to be done through things like social media because you have to be able to represent those communities, you know, and you saw that with Uber, probably the classic example where their culture was all over the place. And, um, you know, they did some pretty, pretty stupid things, right. Naive things. And then all of a sudden the people voted, right. And the share price went down, the values, you know, plummeted. So, so I think there's those dynamics, which I think are going to increase. They're already here with us today and they're a big shift over the last decade, but they're not going to go away anytime soon. I, I don't believe. I hope so. I mean, that's true. I do. I am seeing the change in women being in entrepreneurship more and minorities and just, yeah, thinking about the how the future of the world will be versus just like, let's make a lot of money and screw everything else. <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm hoping that is moving in that direction and more quickly than slowly, but I guess it's always a process, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and it's never going to be perfect anywhere. So when I say something like that, there's going to be someone who has an example of, of, of you know, saying, well, that's not true. But I, I, as I said, I spent a lot of time with very um, rich people, high net worth people, ultra high net worth, family offices, uh, sovereign wealth funds, those sort of individuals. And there's a shift. There's a shift to people wanting to make an impact now. Right. Um, so I think if I went forward, if you said project 10 years, I think that will just be more commonplace. It won't be such a surprise because people are seeing that the world is changing. And if businesses or people with the resources to make change, if they're not coming together, then what are we actually doing, right? You're not going to have much around us to, to really worry about. Yeah, there's not going to be a, a world to use to make a lot of money in the future if we don't have a world to, to continue That's with, right. right? Yeah. And I think COVID, you know, because we're in the middle of that now, it's hopefully at the end, but still in it. Hopefully that has made people realize things in a different way, that there is fragility in what we all have, certainly freedom has been challenged. So perhaps that brings people together. Perhaps that makes people think a bit differently, whereas beforehand it wasn't so close to home. Right. Well, this is a great conversation. Our last question is how can our audiences get in touch with you? Yeah, cool. Thank you very much, Gene. So yeah, um, a few different places. So my podcast, again, if you've got a business, um, you know, it doesn't matter if you're a small business, medium, large, you know, the, the stuff that I talk about is all the principles of scale up from both a business skill set and mindset perspective. So scale up your business at all good outlets, iTunes, Spotify, <laughs> whatever, wherever you, wherever you get your podcast. Um, my my website uh, is suyb.global, which is scaleupyourbusiness.global, um, where we have different programs and stuff. And then if people want to get in touch with me personally, Instagram or LinkedIn, uh, hit me up, you know, message me. Uh, I do get back to everyone. It's not always as crisp as I'd like, 
but I do always get back to, cause I appreciate, you know, anytime you have a platform like I have, I always appreciate people who want to get in touch, you know, for advice or help and those sort of things. Awesome. Thank you so much. This was great. Thank you so much for being here. This is really enjoyed our conversation. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you for having me on the show. And I hope I've lived up to the, the footsteps of those Titans. <laughs> <laughs> you have. Oh, this is fantastic. I have to say uh, really good just points to talk about that. Of course, you know, Titans have their own, but uh, this is uh, good. Just get really deep into places like Clubhouse, right? Because it's like very top of mind nowadays. So I really appreciate that.